0: Hello, world. This is Better Tech, a podcast where we chat with some of the most successful leaders about the latest industry developments. So join us as we explore the world reliance on tech. Hello, everyone. My name is Asif Khan, and I am the director of innovation and technology at TechSale. And today, we have John with us. Uh, So John, thank you very much for making the time And connecting with us today about better tech. So, today we will be primarily discussing analytics and robotics. So, John, why don't you go ahead and give us a brief intro about yourself, who you are, what you do, what you have been up to, and talk about some of your experiences?
1: Yeah, great. Thank you for the invite. Um, I'm John Krupe, and I've been in the industry over 20 years, uh, focusing on um, Internet of Things, enterprise software, (laughs) analytics distributed computing, uh, robotics and AL and, and machine learning. And really the goal has been um, to, my goal has been always had to connect things, a lot of things and get real time data. I've always been about real time data, uh, but throughout the years as time has gone on and in industry uh, 4.0 and different types of machines and assets and IoT have been moving more and more into the analytics world. I've been taking essentially what I've learned in distributed enterprise computing and applied that to to internet of things, industrial internet of things, robotics.
0: Oh, okay. Thank you very much, John, for the quick intro. So John, as we discuss, I mean robotics, uh, by robotics, I mean a lot of things basically pop up into our head, maybe a Honda robot or uh, the Prince of Qatar basically having a robot as a security guard behind him, right? So these are all the fancy things that we have been seeing uh, around as well as in the in the movies, right? Yeah. And, and analytics is sort of when we talk about like a, a bunch of graphs or charts, I mean, various sort of uh, dashboard and all these things. So how do you think that these two relate? So for example, how robotics analytics can be merged or how they are related in a general world?
1: Yeah. So, um, so I'll start with, uh, with robotics. Um, so you could think of robotics as, um, you're right. a Robot could be anything from an industrial machine arm that's building cars to, um, new generation of surveillance robots to even drones. People are calling robots, basically anything that moves, um, or has uh, mechanical parts that tries to do some sort of action. I would say, forms in the world of of robotics. This has been really progressing a lot in the last, um, I would say five years. Traditionally, maybe over the last 20 years, it's been more industrial robots. Um, And I also think that we should start talking about autonomous robots. Um, You know, robots that actually can make decisions about things. And so robots are really made up of a bunch of sensors, right? They, have, they, they may have everything from GPS to LIDAR to sonar to cameras to maneuver around things uh, to a bunch of uh, environmental sensors, gas, water sensors, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that measure movements. Mm-hmm. So, so there's no really one term about what a robot is, but you could see that there's different forms of robots that are starting to come out Um, and I think really sensors in terms of robots are are really things that read data in. Okay. So when you're looking at LIDAR, it's looking, it's doing laser and it's looking for points around you when you're doing, um, you know, gas sensors or nutrient sensors, it's taking readings. Well, this, this basically is raw data. So robot systems today are really good at accepting raw data. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really good at doing things with LiDAR and navigation, but there really hasn't been a lot done with other types of information that could tell you. So if you have an environmental robot and that's going around and, and it's in the water and it's looking for harmful algal blooms or things like that, you, know, you may just be getting readings and showing raw data squiggly lines. So analytics is really about how do we take this information and put it into insight? How do we take the, all these sensors that are being added to robotics and how do we give information back to the consumer? And this is really what, how you, you talk about merging analytics and robotics. It's the, really the analysis of the data that is not just sensing and uh, providing raw data, but it's also looking at how data is, what's data telling about what's happening now and also telling us what happened in the past and giving us, um, Temporal analytics and spatial analytics to give us more deep insight. It's not just looking at a point in time, it's looking at things over time.
0: Yeah, that's helpful information. So uh, these days, we are also like talking about the industrial revolution and all these things that industry 4.0 is going to be something in the future, and there's going to be a lot of uh, new and emerging technologies as a part of that industry, right? So, yeah. how do you think robotics and uh, its associated data analytics sort of streams and practices can be helpful for the ne- next industrial revolution that we, we are calling Industry 4.0. So how do you think uh, both two would converge and what benefits that they are going to bring? Yeah. So yeah, so Industry 4.0 has been around
1: for a little while um, being talked about. It's, you know, real, how do you take industry industrial equipment and essentially make it Next generation, where it's all connected, um, and and it has analytics and all these things. I think um, I think first we have to think about what's taking so long, right? You know, we've been talking about this for quite a while, um, and we've been hearing about data analytics and robotics are, and we know it's key for Industry 4.0. But um, a lot of people are saying, what's taking so long? And Industry 4.0 is really, you know, the next phase of industry or assets or industrial IoT, um, but it's, it's a very mature field, so it's a lot of equipment that's been out there and assets for a very long time. So being able to take this secure uh, environment uh, and operate it securely and safely mm-hmm. and put it in a way where the the organizations are comfortable with this is, is quite an undertaking. Um, because a lot, of these, uh, a lot of these systems were never really designed to be connected to anything outside, right? If you have an industrial robot on a floor, it may be designed to, to just function there, never connected to the internet. Um, so in order to start exchanging data and information and apply analytics to robotics, you have to have a bo- whole bunch of things in place because you're really going from the robot or the asset to the analytics to the cloud mm-hmm. Um, and you need to have a cloud provider that's trusted. The two biggies are Amazon and Microsoft. So you can imagine like all that this has to happen. If you're talking to an industrial 4.0 manufacturer and they spent a hundred years on their machines, their diesel engines, and now you want to add analytics and get it connected to the cloud, it's a whole different world, right? So it's no easy task for them to do that.
0: Right. So you, um, you just, I mean, briefly touched upon like, uh, it's, it's like a, I mean, not an easy task. So I mean, easy tasks, as we say, will be uh, having uh, no challenges, but since this is not easy, it's going to have its own challenges. Right. So what are some of the core or key challenges do you think are right now in place uh, merging analytics and robotics together? So what do you think are those?
1: I think uh risk and security are are the two biggies. Um because there you have to think about um you know robots. So robots themselves um you know move and can be mm-hmm. very powerful and can do things, right? So yeah. it's it's maybe not just like an engine. Now an engine and a generator those are significant too in that all these things that you have uh, you may have robots on, on uh, factory floors, on ships, and power plants, data centers. The same thing you have with other industrial equipment. The thing about robots is that they move and they do things, so they could become quite dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, what if the robots take over and they do things. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that we could do for safety in that. But I think actually being able to have the analytics, as part of the robots and built into the infrastructure um, gives it actually will help reduce risk and increase security right because if these things are just sort of running and you don't know what they're doing and even potentially know what they're going to do um it 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 gives you a less sense of of control over these robots and what they're happening so analytics is going to be a key core component for this And it'll help mitigate the risk because you'll understand what they're doing, but also it'll give you more control over what the robots are doing. But it's, you know, these, again, these are industries that are trying to merge together. So the people who build robots, they may have a lot of analytics inside the robots, but Mm -hmm. they may not have anything built for how do you do analytics across robots or how do you add new sensors and get it integrated. So you need architectures in order to do that. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's
0: challenges to all of this. Right. So uh, one further, I mean, uh, a follow-up question could be that based on your experience right now, I mean, working with these companies, do you think that these companies uh, who are into robotics are actually keeping up the pace, merging the robotics and analytics together? I mean, are they operating at the correct pace as they should be? Or they are going slow or they are going fast? I mean, how uh, are they in line with the current trends? I think, um, I think that
1: initially it's, you know, how do, we get, how do we get robots in our environment? You know, that's sort of the first step. Robots are, even though they've been around for many decades, um, you know, like industrial robots on the factory floor, like I've said, there's a new generation of robots coming in. So if you look at Amazon and you look at other data centers, mm-hmm. there's robots that are moving around and moving things. Um, you know, robotic uh, robot surgeries and things um, mm-hmm. will become more prevalent and, and autonomous robots is going to really be the big differentiator in all this. When robots are able to move themselves and, and uh, do these things, this has been, this will be where it's a whole new level of what has to happen. So I think that really the ability for us to understand really the, the bigger picture about, it's not just putting robots in place, but it's being able to put them in place and get information about the environment that's happening. Because what, what will happen is that you'll, the robots are gonna get very sophisticated very fast. These, these robots have a whole bunch of built-in analytics for object recognition, for how they move mm-hmm. around. But in terms of what they're doing and how they're working together and also other sensors about their environment, Um, that is, that is a different part of a robot, um, infrastructure. So just like anything else, when you, if you have something like a robot that may be siloed, uh, you want to build it into an architecture. So I think the key part of this is how do you build robotics into Mm. an overall architecture that includes analytics in it?
0: Right. So, um, I mean, as I mentioned in the start that with robots, when we talk about them, I mean, machines. Uh, is something that comes to our mind naturally, but these days there are there is a concept of software robots as well. So robots not just can be only hardware oriented. There are software robots as well. So do you think that uh, the industry, um, if hardware robots are sort of too expensive to build or takes a lot of time and infrastructure and everything, then maybe uh, software based robots in order to automate various processes can be incorporated into uh, into their processes to make things better faster and uh, autonomous as well
1: yeah so i i mean ultimately robots physical robots at their core is software that's running right and mm-hmm. it's and it's trying to do things more efficiently and it's trying to incorporate you know different types of processes in there um software based robotics the name is a little confusing i think to the robotics industry but being able to sort of take the same principles being able to automate the things that we typically do so robot will do things over and over and over again and so will processes so you can use the same sort of concepts and analytics and potential ai to automate Mm -hmm. processes um, that you would have more in the enterprise level than you would have like you would have in in robotics now, can you actually completely replace um, physical robots with software robots? I, I guess it really depends on what you're trying to do. Um, if you're physically going to uh, maneuver to a place, or you physically have to move things, or you're delivering things, um, think about robots, they're physical, they move. Um, so uh, I think it's more about the two coming together. You know, this is no different than. Enterprise software and uh, and and process software coming together. How do you, you know, how do you get how do how did we get those two things together? The same thing is starting to happen, I think, with automating robotic software with with physical robots.
0: Right. So what we are really talking about here is that, for example, companies which are making deliveries by drones, for example, right.
1: Right. So those
0: are those are robots all over. And yep. they are doing some tasks which humans would have been done otherwise right yep. uh, now in this in in this case, we really can't have a software robot per se however, if we for example a human is is doing some data entry work sitting in a, um sitting in a place right or maybe answering calls over mm. over the phone or writing emails or maybe providing customer support right now these are the things which are um, data. Software level in many enterprises, big call centers, DPOs, etc. So there, I believe we can have a place for software-based robots by incorporating robotic process automation, which is the software side of it, and that way it can be leveraged. Right? What do you think? Yeah. So so when we when we do
1: when we build um, robots, we actually build simulators. So um, like. Ross robot operating system has a huge, it's, it's kind of the de facto standard of, of mm-hmm. hardware robots. Um, and it has a whole simulation environment in it. So what is simulation? Well, simulation is just data being passed back and forth that if you're moving something on the screen, it's sending data about a robot arm moving. If it's sensing data uh, from gases, you simulate that. Well, it's just data moving through. So a person doing email, doing different processes, what you're doing is kind of capturing the same events that that user is doing. And mm-hmm. um, and then you're applying that to analytics and AI, looking for patterns. Ultimately, analytics and AI are really looking for patterns and things. So the, way, the same way that we look for patterns in physical robots and the sensors that they have, you can look for patterns in software things that people do, and I think you know, it's a huge opportunity because people constantly do the same thing over and over and over again. And, uh, and if you capture that as events and capture that and as a process, you can, you can use the same sort of techniques to do, the, um, to do analytics on processes.
0: Right. So these days, also, John, uh, what we are experiencing is that many companies are innovating at a very fast pace. So people are constantly evolving. Um, I mean, software companies, hardware companies, robotics, AI, machine learning—all of these innovations are happening, right? Yeah. So many many companies are keeping up the pace. Others are like just not following the trend. So what do you think will happen to those companies who are not innovating at a good pace? What's going to happen to them? Are they going to like shut down or they will just lose the momentum? What do you think? Um, I think. Well,
1: so I I think that if you don't have analytics built into your product, um, it's, you're going to struggle in the future because I think what's happening is both on the hardware side and the software side, people are building analytics into their software. I mean, you could, you could, AI has really just changed everything. You could, you could look at just what your iPhone or, or software you're doing and, you know, even things like Grammarly um, that are using AI to co- correct your grammar. That's, typically we didn't have analytics in software. Uh, we would just write software, we'd make it work, and you maybe if you, if you try something a few times and it doesn't work, we give you some recommendation. But really we don't help you and so when we write mm-hmm. software, really there's nothing, anal- that, well, now there's, it's starting to happen this way, but there's really no analytics running to see how we can optimize you and how we can help you. So I think AI has really moved us to the next level because writing analytics is hard. Um, if you have to write analytics looking for patterns, um, you know, you have to kind of write the code and you have to look for these patterns. AI, you know, is built to recognize those patterns so we can, we can take the concept of AI and you know, put that in the world of analytics and say, look, if we can model this stuff, we could optimize it. And now if we could, it, because on robotics, physical robots and, and software processes, it's all software underneath. So when we're, <laughs> if we're running a robot and it's doing, it has vision detection and it's running inferencing AI models to detect something, that's software that's doing it, right? It's the same camera; it's just software. Mm-hmm. If we're doing something in when we're doing processes in our in our software underneath, and we've built models that show us how to optimize the flow, it's the same thing that's happening. So you're going to see a lot more uh, things coming out that are you know have are called smarter um, mm-hmm. because they have AI and analytics in them. Even in the world of, of sensors, um, you know, sensors are pretty, even though they're sophisticated, they're pretty dumb in terms of they tell you a reading and they get it out. When we talk about smart sensors, you know, they're adding more processing to it and more software to it to give you more right. information. Um, people, the new generation, Gen, uh, Gen X, Gen Z, they're, mm-hmm. they're gonna be used to everything, how they do it on their mobile phone. And they're not going to have the patience in using enterprise software or even robots that you have to tell it every little thing that it does, or it just mm-hmm. doesn't understand what you're doing. So I think mm-hmm. that it's got to move fast in order to survive. Um, and companies that don't move fast, you know, I think they're going to be at risk by being overcome by the new generation of companies coming out.
0: Right. So. Uh in the past we have been talking quite a lot about iot right in internet of things so we had like amazon dash and all of all of these things out there giving the consumers the power to i mean order or maybe manage their stuff easily uh, and with these connected devices but now we are listening more about the iot which is industrial internet of things right? right so how do you think that with iIoT? Uh, analytics and uh, robotics and automation can uh, really up the game for the industry.
1: Yeah, so industrial IoT is really, you know, is really where I think we're gonna see uh, huge benefits coming from -hmm. from this. And and when you talk about industrial IoT, um, you know, it could be everything from robots to diesel engines to autonomous cars Autonomous mm-hmm. trucks, anything mm-hmm. with moving parts—it's—it's it's sort of everything, but the consumer side of things. And consumer side of things, they tend to be maybe smaller, easier, um, single purpose. But when you start connecting all of these things together, um, and you—and that's the whole thing—is you—you really the whole idea of industrial IoT or any IoT is connecting things. In the industrial IoT world, it's a lot harder to connect things because of all the security and risks that are in place. You know, these, be, you know, if you're gonna connect a car, an autonomous car to things, you have a risk. Uh, you have a security risk, you have a vulnerability risk. If you have a, an engine that's powering a, um, a power plant, there's a risk. And so I think, you know, now that we have a, now we're getting much more confident about a secure end-to-end architecture and, and by the way, the reason why this is taken so long is, in order to do industrial IoT, you do need um, trusted cloud providers. Mm-hmm. So Amazon, uh, Microsoft, Google, they, they've done a really good job at you know getting industrial customers comfortable with mm-hmm. the security they have in place because industrial guys don't want to let their data out. So now that's in okay. place, you could have an end-to-end architecture in place. Well, if you start connecting all these things and you start integrating all these things, um, you really just don't want raw data. This is not a big data problem where you just dump it to the cloud. This is where you really start doing edge processing and analytics as close to the, as close to the device as possible. These autonomous cars have a data center in their trunk. Mm-hmm. right? They're doing all of it there. So you're gonna see a lot more of the analytics moving closer to the industrial machines to do the analysis there, but you have to share this and you have mm-hmm. to look at the analytics, not just across one, but across many. Um, and I think this is this is where it's tricky because the manufacturers of this equipment for industrial are not the same people that have experience doing distributed analytics or right. you know, cloud architectures. So now they've built up a lot of this expertise, but it's matter of getting the the expertise in house and also working with partners to get this because you have to get a cohesive architecture in place. This isn't something like you can't tack on security later, you can't tack on integration later. This has to be a, um, integration is actually a scary word for industrial IoT. So you replace that with how do you get an architecture that has all of these parts as a, a part of the architecture versus going and bringing new things into the architecture. So I think that's yeah. gonna be the key to moving
0: forward. Yeah, and I also think that analytics can be certainly very helpful in terms of the projections as well. So for example, if an, if an industry has uh, incorporated some robots, right? And they want to like really project that having those ro- robots in place, what sort of revenue uh, they can sort of increase or what are their benefits of having robotics and in cutting the cost, right? So all of these things maybe analytics can give them a clear picture because just looking at the tabular data, it's not going to help anyone. No. Uh, once we have like those charts, graphs, drill-down reports, roll-up summaries, and all those things in place, it can help the industry quite a lot. So I mean, um, that's going to be the next thing. So uh, John any closing thoughts uh any sort of thing that you'd like to say in that yeah i i think i think um really real
1: time is going to be a big player in this so so a lot of people will say you know they have analytics they'll go to their machine they'll put a flash drive in they'll extract mm-hmm. the log files then they'll go uh, send it to the big data team i think that big data in the cloud has definitely done a lot of good for us but the first phase or wave of this was People were thinking, well, let's just send all the data to the cloud, put it in there, and analyze it. And it just became too much, right? Mm-hmm. And also, it really was not designed towards real time. To really get this, to really get this moving, I think we have to have the notion of real time to be able to watch things as they're happening, to to take action, and to, um, and to do things. Also what you said was right is that um, traditionally it's been sort of break fix or, or preventative maintenance. You go in every three or six months or something breaks and you go and fix it. A lot of manufacturers don't have any idea how their customers are using their equipment. So a customer could be running it at 110% and the manufacturer may not know. But if the manufacturer says, okay, we're gonna be connected, we're going to manage the performance of your equipment and we'll we're going to charge you a little more, but we're going to make sure that it performs right. Uh, we're going to automatically you know update the parts when it's needed, keep this thing running, and it'll be running better and in the long run, it'll cost you less, but it's new revenue opportunities for companies because they could have you know real time monitoring and performance maintenance. I think to get organizations to move away from just selling parts to selling performance and selling you know, insurance about how things are going to run, I think that's going to be the next wave.
0: Absolutely. So, John, uh, thank you very much for taking the hour, taking our time today and speaking with us about uh, the topic. And I appreciate um, you joining us. Uh, and it was like a really great help and a great topic for our audience. Great. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to BetterTech. We look forward to bringing you the latest industry news in our next episode. In the meantime, check out our other episodes at techcell.com podcast and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss an episode.